0: Read a poem. Hello everyone and welcome to Shall we Read a Poem? I'm Russ. And I'm a wet and cold Lauren. Lauren, why are you wet and cold?
1: Because we're actually having Portland weather in Portland rather than having California weather, which is what we've been having for the past several weeks. And I bike twenty miles in the rain.
0: Twenty miles?
1: Yeah. 20 miles.
0: And why were you biking 20 miles?
1: I had to run errands involving my foster kittens that are having all the bad poops.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And this is certainly indicative of something not good happening.
1: Right. It could be parasites. It could be some kind of bacteria. Uh, My guess is it's either some kind of microscopic parasite or bacteria. Because I haven't seen any worms.
0: Are bacteria not also microscopic?
1: Yeah, but when you say a parasite, you're usually referring to something multicellular.
0: Oh, okay. So something coming from someone who knows nothing about cat poop biology. Yeah. Macroscopic versus micro. Mm -hmm. Well, does your poem today relate to cat poops?
1: No. No,
0: it doesn't. How unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Okay. Two boxes. Two boxes met upon the road, said one unto the other. If you're a box, and I'm a box, then you must be my brother. Our sides are thin, we're caving in, and we must get no thinner. And so two boxes, hand in hand, went home to have dinner. It's cute. It has and- a picture of two children uh, stumbling around in cardboard boxes with holes cut out for eyes."
0: i was gonna say the the illustri- This is one of those illustrations that I remember from when I was wee, and the, the and it's they... not at all
1: creepy. Some of the illustrations I... can be creepy, but this one's not at all creepy.
0: Yeah, I didn't find this one creepy at all, and it seems to be summertime because they're both wearing sandals on their feet.
1: Good point. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely just reminds me of you know playing and you know eventually being like, oh, we have to stop playing to go have dinner, and that's fine because dinner's good too.
0: Why did you choose two boxes?
1: Because as we are getting more and more people vaccinated and we're seeing people again, I uh, I still have social anxiety. And not just that, but it's worse than before the pandemic started. And I probably have developed even more social anxieties.
0: I have no doubt. How are they manifesting, do you see?
1: I mean, pretty much just the usual sense of dread. <laughs> I haven't actually gone out uh, into public places that much, but I, I was invited to go to a friend's house to watch the Filmed by Bike festival, and normally that sounds like a really cool thing, but it was that the house is someone I don't know, and I'm sure everybody was vaccinated because my friends care about that sort of thing, but I was just filled with dread. Like, I I really didn't want to do it. It it, it really, I just, I just felt so afraid. I don't know what I was afraid of. I, I don't know if I was afraid of them not liking me or me li- not like th- liking them or feeling like I, I couldn't leave if I wanted to I just you know had the sort of like rapid pulse uh breathing kind of thin reaction that anxiety can give you and I didn't go
0: the usual social anxiety compounded with the fact that you know we haven't seen each other for a year and a half such as it is yeah what is this uh tell me about the festival so,
1: it's called Film by Bike, and uh, not everything is filmed on a bicycle, although some of the films are. A lot of them are about biking. And some of them are about intense endurance sports, but some of them are also just about, like, cute but people on bikes doing cute things, or or stories about uh, biking in in countries where it's hard to get a bike. And so... I would just say it's generally a film festival of people doing interesting things with or on bikes.
0: And it's funny, you, you, you say, you mentioned people in other countries, because when, when you said the name of it, I immediately, Portland is such a bikey place that mm-hmm. I immediately thought that all of the films would be set in Portland by Portland filmmakers.
1: No, it, there's a lot from the Pacific Northwest, not just Portland, but also Vancouver, Seattle, etc. But you do get people from all over the world who are involved with the film by bike festival.
0: And you didn't go at all. Like, you, you, just, it, it was just too overwhelming. And it wasn't like I, I showed up for five minutes and I was like, nope, I'm out. It was just, no, thank you.
1: No, I didn't go. I could have watched it myself online, but uh, I didn't prepare ahead of time for that. Uh, and I would have enjoyed being at someone's house watching the Film by Bike festival. I think I really would have, but I just couldn't make myself do it. I just freaked
0: out. I wondered how social anxiety would affect me in that you know we've all kind of had this one shared bizarre experience and i think i was fortunate because i got my first job in vancouver was in like an industrial manufacturing setting where there are people but not a lot of people and it was almost like a dip in the water versus getting flipped flung into the pool such as it is and so I got to work with you know a dozen other people and I see three of them per day and we're all masked and we're all two meters and and I think just about if not all of this establishment has had their first vaccine which you know lessens the severity but everyone's still really good about practicing and so I found that really took the edge off and I was really fortunate that I that that was my first opportunity back out you know, out into the world.
1: Right, I don't think my anxiety had a lot to do with COVID risk. I think it was just completely irrational social fear.
0: Oh, okay. So anxiety as <laughs> anxiety defines itself. Here's yeah. something I need. What are you worried about? Nothing. Shouldn't you be worried about that? Oh my god, yes.
1: Yeah, just being afraid of people. And I don't even know why. Like, am I afraid they're going to judge me a whole lot and think I'm terrible? I don't know. That doesn't sound realistic. Who knows?
0: Yeah, but it's not something you can just turn off.
1: No. And it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, I went to karaoke a few weeks ago, like I said in a different episode, and I had a good time there. I did have some anxiety while I was at karaoke, Hmm. but... I think the big difference is I didn't have it before I went. <laughs> Otherwise I wouldn't uh,
0: go. Oh, certainly, yeah. I wonder how much of it was due to just how many strangers and how many new people you were going to have to meet after 18 months of not meeting anyone.
1: It definitely had to do with the fact that there were people I didn't know involved and it was at the home of someone I didn't know. And so yeah. this is t- this is I have not experienced a person's home that I don't know in so long.
0: Yeah, and so here you have two boxes meeting on their way home for dinner.
1: And they find a kinship, and I don't know that I can find a kinship with anybody right now.
0: So what we've established that you need is a boxes party.
1: Yeah, I could get behind that. I do like wearing costumes, (laughs) and a box is a good enough costume, and it's sort of a very leveling field. I mean, everybody's in a cardboard box, so I guess maybe somebody has a better cardboard box than somebody else, but I'm willing to go there.
0: Did you get to experience the COVID fashion thing where people got to flex with masks?
1: I know some people did, and I saw it on social media sometimes, but I didn't really see enough people to really see exciting masks in person.
0: I live a few blocks away from the, they call it Little Ginza section of Vancouver, and I love seeing like Prada masks and Louis Vuitton masks. And God bless capitalism, as any good American would tell you. Because if there's a way to monetize something, someone's going to do it. I think mostly I saw cute
1: homemade masks, and that was people flexing with masks like, haha, I'm so crafty. Look at my great taste in fabric.
0: And uh and that is so much more appreciable. Like like if I see someone that has clearly handcrafted their Moomin mask, you are getting two thumbs up from me.
1: Yeah, I appreciated it a lot. I didn't. I definitely didn't go into any shopping districts during the pandemic because I don't live in near any of them. I live in very residential ass Portland, and I d- didn't go downtown for any reason.
0: Oh, would that I had the option. Going anywhere takes me to. Everywhere because I could not be more downtown. Hmm. So, what do you uh, is the uh, do you see a solution? Is this just something where you have to dip your toe in the pool and then gradually work yourself in, or is it Probably. just a, a return to normalcy, such as it is?
1: I think it'll eventually get better, but I don't know. I might be changed for the worst. I may just have more social anxiety now. There might be nothing I can do.
0: As with all things, time will tell. mm Hmm. And everyone wishes you the best, and I hope that the next time you have the, oh lord, what was it, World by Bike? Filmed by Bike. Next time you have the Filmed by Bike Festival, you will go with a full heart.
1: And I hope it'll be in person at a theater like it has been in non-COVID years.
0: (sighs) Let's hope. Mm -hmm. I can tell this is not going to be an uplifting episode because my poem is definitely not uplifting, (laughs) <laughs> Lauren has just bared both teeth as though an excited chimpanzee. Both so... teeth? I only have two teeth? Oh, I should say the uppers and lowers shouldn't I? <laughs> because I am two pages, well, let's see, I'm two turns of a page away from you because I am doing Us today.
1: Ah, uh, yes. I know this one. Us
0: by Shel Silverstein. Me and him Him and me. We're always together, as you can see. I wish he'd leave so I'd be free. I'm getting a little bit tired of he, and he may be a bit bored with me. On movies and ladies, we cannot agree. I like to dance. He loves to ski. He likes the mountains. I love the sea. I like hot chocolate. He wants his tea. I want to sleep. He has to pee. He's meaner and duller and fatter than me. But I guess there's worse things we could be. Instead of two, we could be three. Me and him. Him and me. And this is almost one of those poems where you kind of need the picture before you need the poem itself because Janice it's face. Yes, it is the it is the Janus face. You have uh, one head with two faces on it—one in front, one in back—and two th- this two-faced gentleman sharing one hat, such as it is.
1: They don't have a neck in this picture. They're just sort of a floating Janus head.
0: No, indeed, it's, it, it is simply a floating head. So the situation below the neck we are blind to.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, why did you pick this poem?
0: For a myriad of reasons. I had a couple of very strange things that were on my mind recently. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why Conjoined Twins popped into my head. And I think it had something to do with, I was listening to an earlier episode and we started talking about Tom Waits. And then I started remembering that album, Alice. And then he had that song Poor Edward on it, which is about Edward Mordrake, who is most likely an apocryphal, sort of urban legend character, such as it is. And I, I will don't know quote, it. Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, then I will quote from the anomalies and curiosities of medicine, which is one of the few places where you will find any retelling of Mordrake's story. And quote, one of the weirdest as well as the most melancholy stories of human deformity is that of Edward Mordrake, said to have been heir to one of the noblest peerages in England. He never claimed the title, however, and committed suicide in his 23rd year. He lived in complete seclusion, refusing the visits even of the members of his own family. He was a young man of fine attainments, a profound scholar, and a musician of rare ability. His figure was remarkable for its grace, and his face, that is to say, his natural face, was that of an antinous. But upon the back of his head was another face, that of a beautiful girl, lovely as a dream, hideous as a devil. The female face was a mere mask, occupying only a small portion of the posterior part of the skull, yet exhibiting every sign of intelligence of a malignant sort, however. It would be seen to smile and sneer while Mordrake was weeping. The eyes would follow the movements of the spectator, and the lips would gibber without ceasing. No voice was audible, but Mordrake avers that he was kept from his rest at night by the hateful whispers of his devil twin, as he called it, which never sleeps, but talks to me forever of such things as they only speak of in hell. No imagine can conceive the dreadful temptations it sets before me. For some unforgiven wickedness of my forefathers, I am knit to this fiend, for a fiend surely it is. I beg and beseech you to crush it out of human semblance, even if I die for it. Doesn't sound real. Oh, no, no, oh! oh uh, it, it, it gets better. There, there's two more references, you know, like both of them. Such yeah. were the words of the hapless Mordrake to Manvers and Treadwell, his physicians. In spite of careful watching, he managed to procure poison whereof he died, leaving a letter requesting that the demon face might be, be destroyed before his burial, lest it continues its dreadful whisperings in my grave. At his own request, he was interred in a waste place without stone or legend to mark his grave. And, of course, you are exactly correct it's a fun story and fun. that w- th- <laughs> that like was a story of mainstream public yeah fun fun for us yeah and and that was a, a mainstream publication anomalies and curiosities of medicine which was published in 1896 However, the description of this Edward Mordrake was found uh, earlier in the Boston Post in 1895, written by fiction author Charles Loten Hildreth, um, who described basically just human oddities without citing any sources. And then this newspaper article got wrapped up in this Medical Curiosities book. And as they say, history is history. Why did this come up today? Uh, Because I was also thinking about the story of Abigail and Brittany Hensel. Who are they? Abigail and Brittany Hensel were, for a time, one of the more famous examples of conjoined twins. They were uh, born in 1990 Mm -hmm. and are essentially, from the waist up, they are two people, and from the waist down, they are one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recall when I was very small, uh, because when they were born, I would have been about eight. I remember seeing one of those 2020 or Dateline specials about them. and I think I
1: s- remember hearing of them too. Occasionally I think about them and I look them up and they seem to be doing well
0: indeed yes and and currently they are teaching fifth grade and I, I'm not gonna you know if you want to dox them, I suppose that's up to you but I'm not going to provide a lot they are currently fifth grade teachers such mm-hmm. as it is mm-hmm. and yeah. what a formative experience it would be to have a have two conjoined twins as your fifth grade teacher
1: it would be it would be it would be cool in some ways because you'd have two different. I mean, they ha- I mean, these two twins must have a lot of the same life experiences because they have to be in the same place as each other. But you know, they do have somewhat different personalities and somewhat different thoughts and experiences. So having two teachers is always better than having one.
0: And indeed, how wonderful to have your own teaching assistant that was your twin.
1: I, th- I mean, they have to get along really well or they're having a miserable life.
0: And <laughs> and, and therein you have why I chose... Us, and then the story of Edward Mordrake, because here you have an idealized situation. Well, not not idealized, I say. They're they're people like all other people, but, you know, they uh, ostensibly don't completely hate one another.
1: Right, well, yeah, and they, they seem to be flourishing in a way that you hope people do. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, it's not like Mandrake or whatever. What was the name of the other guy?
0: Edward, Edward Mordrake.
1: Mordrake, Mordrake. It's not that they are particularly one of them is particularly evil, they just disagree about the most mundane things. Which I suppose if you have a conjoined person with you, it would be pretty terrible to like all and like all the things they don't like and dis and dislike all the things they like that are that are just normal everyday things. But it's definitely not the sort of horrors you generally think of. When you're coming up with these sorts of things, so you, like this version of Mordrake is Shell's silly version of a horror story.
0: Sure, and and the story in us and the story of Abby and Brittany Hensel—they're both sentient beings. Like it's not like you have one person that just has this evil parasitic twin mm-hmm. attached to it that whispers evil at you, and there's no, from which there is no escape. Right. I think what really irritated me about Abby and Brittany hit, uh, Hensel's story when I heard it, an update on it recently, was apparently they only receive one paycheck.
1: Yeah, that made me an, an angry too. I remember hearing that and being upset about it because they're doing more work than one person does, especially if oh, they're yeah. working with small children. You, oh, yeah. yeah, you are one of them. Is 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 lecturing, and the other one is watching and being like, "Hey, hey, stop that." And so much of teaching is is managing the attention of the people you are teaching. And at that, they are double-powered at it.
0: Ugh, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> how is it the biggest injustice in this story comes back again to capitalism?
1: Right, right. I mean, money is the root of all evils, and it doesn't actually have to be, but we make it that way anyway. What I'm saying is that with capitalism, so money, they're saying money is the root of all evil, okay? It's that we, under capitalism, you wealth causes evil, whereas under other systems where wealth is shared and reciprocated, it isn't necessarily a problem.
0: Why did I think of Star Trek at a time like this? I don't know. Uh, there was that clip from, I think it was First Contact, where Captain Picard says... You see, unlike you, what, the acquisition of wealth is no longer the defining factor in our lives. It's like, shut up. <laughs> as soon as I get to live on a starship, I'll be holier than thou, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a ton of to say today. I am just <laughs> wet and cold and
0: have well, lost
1: well, life's luster in well, the dampness. Were the,
0: well, I don't think you've lost life's luster because you're surrounded by little rolling sick fur balls. <laughs> <laughs> Just poop on everything. It smells so bad, Russ. It smells so bad. Where do they poop? Just wherever they happen to be?
1: Uh, yes. 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 The answer is yes. They're so, they're, <laughs> at this point, they're really young, and they love pooping on my futon. And I have put uh, so many layers on my futon to protect it, including a waterproof mattress cover. But somehow they managed to poop and piss so skillfully, they get around it.
0: <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right. So speaking of capitalism, I want to bring up the extraordinarily short poem Fish by Shel Silverstein. The little fish eats the tiny fish. The big fish eats the little fish. So only the biggest fish get fat. Do you know any folks like that?
1: I know you were hoping I'd go off on it, but.
0: No, no, no. No, not on that, because it, tools of capitalism, such as it is. Yeah. You have been very impassioned for a spell now about certain airplanes.
1: Oh. But I don't know how it relates, though.
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't directly. It, it is completely tangential. I just wanted to see something that was like. Oh, gosh. So, capitalism, the Portland- surveillance state. Police so the Portland funding Police taxes.
1: Department is flying a Cessna, like, pretty much every night, and they ostensibly need to keep an eye on the protests, because we always have constant protests going on here that started with Black Lives Matter, uh, and good, I hope it keeps going on. But the Cessna keeps flying around my neighborhood every night because I'm close to one of the highways, and so they just track the movement of protesters all around town and everybody hates them because it's so expensive to fly that little plane every single night and they aren't doing anything useful or helpful. And we need to be taking the police funding away. And so how much does it cost to fly that airplane? Can we please take that exact amount out of the budget at least?
0: And surely there someone has come to the city council with this.
1: I don't know. I, th- I think so. I don't, maybe not, maybe not this in specific, But, man, I hate that plane.
0: I wonder, what could this be your next action item?
1: Sure, why not? I can go, next time they're talking about the police budget, I can be like, oh my god, that plane, make that plane stop. Everybody hates it. All it does is make us feel angry that you're watching us, and it's not doing anything helpful.
0: I will buy you seven drones in place of this Cessna.
1: Are they quieter? (laughs) (laughs) and less expensive
0: it's it's less a surveillance state and more just a this thing is really noisy
1: well it's a reminder that it that it's that they're watching like it's Mm. it's intimidating because you hear it and you know they're out there watching and you're just like what are you watching are you watching the protesters and also what kind of technology do you have on that plane are you are is it just sight is it some sort of radar do you have some way <laughs> of tracking cell phones. Like what? What is in that plane?
0: It's a. If it's a Cessna, it's not. It's not much, surely.
1: Well, it's not like they have guns or anything. But you know, it doesn't. Cessnas can hold a, you know, a, a fair amount of listening in equipment.
0: Anytime I hear about uh, the, the sort of Big Brother is watching us, which of course Big Brother is watching us. Oh but yeah, for sure. uh, it, When it's something like that, I have the feeling. That it's just we're doing this to justify it.
1: Well, right. I think that is what they are doing. They're they're trying to make their plea I think in part it's to inflate their police budget. Be like, oh, that's you know we spent all thinking. this money. Look at all this money we spent. We needed it. And we spent it all because of the protests. We need and that money. And gotta keep no, that. Cessna we do not here. need that plane. We do not need that Cessna. I hate the sound of Cessnas. I've gotten really accustomed to the sound of Cessnas, and now whenever I hear one, I'm like, even though it probably has nothing to do with the police, I hear a Cessna and I'm just full of rage.
0: (laughs) And with that, thank you for listening to Shower Read It.
1: Bye.